Benton. Witten. <laughs> Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, my friend. Good to see you. Yes, Good well. To see you, mate. What a week it's been. Yes. I'm um, uh, getting past the winter solstice and uh, getting into that period of time where the difference between the colour of your skin and the colour of my skin is getting... <laughs> rapidly uh so I, I thought i might just put the glasses on in order to to frame a little bit of my complexion to the uh the, the sun-kissed locks and and skin uh, there you go of the uh, of the queenslander versus the victorian well here listen i can i can give myself a little bit more of a tan if i want like check, check that out i can i can give myself more of a tan Look just at you Jeez, like that's an instant solarium. <laughs> like this, this is a, this is about as much as I can get. I can kind of go oompa loompaish. <laughs> uh, well, uh, good to see uh, a few people jumping on. There's a there's a bunch on there, Andy. So hello to Alison. Hey, how are you? Good to see you, mate. Jeff, uh, always there. Good to see you, mate. Good uh, good to have a few of you guys on the wine and wisdom. Cheers for Friday afternoon. Welcome, um, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I've got myself a little interesting drop today. I went down the shop and I just bought a bunch of random bottles of wine. Um, it's the uh, SB. It's called Fat Bastard. Fat Bastard. Oh, <laughs> Fat Bastard. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, pretty good. So, um, no, no, it tastes all right. So, there well, you mate, go. We've got, got uh, the Harry old, there. The old bin one from the the best of the Great West, uh, nice. uh, the Western. So bin one. So apparently you meant to grab this and throw it in the bin. bin <laughs> Two thousand thirteen Shiraz. Uh, that's and, funny. Uh, slowly yeah. coming out of uh, the cooler climate down here, mate. We had sun down in Victoria. Can you believe it? We had uh, sun. I can't believe. It. I think you're lying. I didn't. You have to take a photo, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't quick enough, mate. It, 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 it I'll just get my camera quick and it left. <laughs> uh, well. Good to see everyone on. We've got a bunch of people on. Uh, Harry, how are you, mate? Um, Graham, uh, Kelly, how are you? We've got David there. Uh, we got Aaron. Uh, we got Deb, uh, I feel, Dennis. I feel like I'm on uh, high school here, mate. I know. Who can through the round window? We've got a guest joining me. We've got a guest visitor tonight. Um, you're on the live stream. Say hello, Jake. Yeah. Hello, Jake. <laughs> hello. All right. Well, listen, I've got something to do, yeah. so you should rack off. <laughs> uh, Michelle's there. Uh, that's good. Yeah, crispy baby ribs there. That's it, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Alison's already in there, team and gang, with some questions, which is great. And um, uh, having your first gin, Candice, well, that's the way to roll. And uh, got an open home tomorrow. So good luck with that. Um, hopefully it all goes really well. But, um, yeah, um, as you go, oh, David's coming in from the Socialist Republic of New Zealand. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, no, well, good, uh, good to have everyone here. And um, as always, folks, um, we do a quick intro before we get the, the, the afternoon rolling, afternoon Wealth, Wine and Wisdom rolling. Andy Fenton, 20 years banking finance and financial planning and me 20 years in the real estate game coaching property investors across australia and new zealand and um yeah each friday we've been getting together talking and helping our respective communities navigate this crazy weird times that we have and um yeah (laughs) but uh and it uh, it happens in a bit of a structure uh, often we don't stick to it, but you know, um, <laughs> we try to debrief the week, the news, and uh, see if there's any questions. 
and we might even do some things you should know um, uh, as we go. So you know, as we roll into it, this is it, what's in the news, first part usually. Um, got any questions, make sure you write them down. Alison's already dropped one in the chat for us and uh, things you should know. Um, uh, if we get a bit of time, uh, we might uh, we might do a little bit of that, Andy. But um, what's in the news over in your neck of the woods this week, mate? Why don't you uh, kick it off? I kicked it off last week. I've got a few things up my sleeve, but what do you got for us, mate? Mate, uh, well, you know, in in your uh, in your frame of the fact that we have a little bit of structure in this uh, from the great Yogi Berra, who we've quoted a few times in the past, uh, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. And uh, my my spin on things, mate, is that uh, we. We have had, uh, you know, obviously Victoria's in lockdown and, and all of those sorts of things. So I'm going to avoid today, I'm going to avoid as much as I possibly can talking about anything negative. Everything is positive uh, because I am I am sick. Uh, this is the negative part. I am sick to death of the bullshit that we watch on television that, that morphs and destroys the brains of us, destroys our, uh, our will to live at times. And uh, I thought for Friday, we're going to have a bit of fun and we're going to talk about all the positive things that are there. Uh, obviously, due to my personality, there might be denotes of uh, slightly sardonic, uh, sarcastic behaviour that, that that may eventuate. But I figured that maybe <laughs> we spend the time, Jace, uh, because just as a frame, and my team won't mind me talking about this, but uh, as Monday came uh, in Victoria, and I know New South Wales have been locked down for a while now, and uh, there was just a heavy, heavy, heavy Monday morning meeting, and uh, and and I knew I saw the news beforehand. Just scared the shit out of everybody, and uh, it was like the great one-two punch. And uh, it was at that point in time, Jace, where I decided that this Friday was all about bringing joy and happiness, uh, and actually the real shit that's going on uh, that should be being reported. But we know that uh, what makes headlines is uh, fear and and horrible stuff and all of that sort of thing. And uh, yep. and it's not all like that. So, Jace, in, in the view of having some fun and bringing some positivity uh, to this, we're going to have a, a good look at what's uh, what's in the news this week. And uh, here's one from uh, an old mate of mine, uh, Tom <laughs> Elliott. He admits that he was left shocked after hearing a person who recently paid $10,000 for a golden retriever puppy Ten thousand oh dollars. They're calling it the pan pandemic puppies, Jason. The pandemic <laughs> puppies. Turned, uh, it turns out the prices have gone through the roof during the middle of the pandemic, uh, as we can see here. So many pets have been adopted during the pandemic that the shelters are running out. Apparently, well, the shelters. Good news. <laughs> apparently, the shelters said that they just can't put them down, uh, so they're running out the door, so to speak. Pardon the pun. Uh, speaking of puppies. Uh, we've uh, we've we've got a, a long lost puppy. Britney Spears, father Jamie Spears, agrees to step down. Let's have a look at the word agrees, Jason. Uh, when you're at the end of a court battle and you're beaten, um, you generally agree uh, to whatever the court <laughs> decides. So uh, Britney's uh, father has has stepped down as a conservator of a sixty million dollar estate. Was a hundred million dollar estate before they got into the legal battles. Yeah, Britney, do you know the is, full do you know the full story on that one, Andy? It's, right, uh, uh, well, it's a crazy story. Brittany and I go back some, some years. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, no, well, to, to, to be fair, Jason, I, I know headline details. I don't know it intimately, but uh, effectively. Well, you know, one of, one of the things I think, and this is a good lesson over in your neck of the woods, Andy, you know, in your world, you help people with, um, uh, you know, wills, 
powers of attorney, enduring powers of attorney, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we think, oh, that's for old people, right? Um, but let me tell you, folks, what happened here, and Brittany had a, a bit of an issue, had a bit of a breakdown, and because she didn't have any of those things in place, like thought through them earlier in her life, her father, and I think it was her uncle, um, I can't remember, it was two people, took over her estate and literally put her in um, a funny farm and, and literally, you know, spent $40 million of her her wealth over 10 years and kept her basically like out of the picture. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one, mate. It's like it it is uh, an interesting part of the news, but also it brings home a lesson for us too. If you haven't got your wills, your power enduring a power of attorney, you know, those things organised, you need to have a chat to Andy. And I know you've been helping some of my crew, Andy. Big shout out to you, one of my team. She uh, had some challenges with her mum and uh, you've been helping her out in that and you've saved her literally, you know, truckloads of money and costs and, um, you know, challenges and problems. So, folks, um, you know, we we like to see the light side of the news, but also there's a lesson in it too, man, that's for sure. 100%. 100%. Look, it's yeah. all about structuring. It's all about pre-planning. And uh, if it can happen to Brittany, well, it can it can happen to you. And, uh, and mate, it is. It's an example of structuring gone wrong. And, yeah. and you took the words out of my mouth. Like they, This is something that we all need to be taken care of. Uh, and it might just be our fortunes of, of when we get a little bit older and we start to say some wacky things and then the next thing you know, uh, you know, the wrong powers of attorney who mightn't necessarily treat our wealth or our health with the same sort of wisdom and respect that we would, uh, all of a sudden things can change quite dramatically. And, uh, and she did it again uh, with her father and unfortunately she lost control of the entire estate. And, but it is mm. so, so, so common uh, in the world of, uh, of finance and estates and business, and we call it a business continuity plan. You know, what happens if all of a sudden you can't take control? Uh, well, if you can't take control, then Brittany's dad will, and uh, and uh, and that's what we call milking the puppy. There you go. Well, so Calvin's a big fan of the puppy positive news up front, mate, so that's good. Um, good show. And then Alison reckons she was onto it two weeks ago. Alison, we could be um, got a little side hustle going on, Alison. Maybe. <laughs> well, we we did the math today. You you can basically uh, you, well you can break even pretty quickly. But uh, if you have a couple of these puppies and you you start littering them a couple of times a year, but it's, uh, it's a two hundred thousand dollar business these days. Yeah, yeah. The puppy pandemic has gone mad. Has gone mad. Gone mad. Um, well, I've got a young client who buys and sells shipping containers. So people buy shipping containers, and well, um, uh, lately it's been a bit slower. But they'd get a shipping container of stuff from uh, overseas, and when the, when they got the stuff in the shipping container, they're like, "Oh, what do I do with this shipping container now?" And he put ads in um, Gumtree and Marketplace, going, "I'll take your shipping container away for a hundred dollars." Mate, he had, he he couldn't he couldn't find enough places to keep them, and then he was reselling <laughs> them for thousands of dollars. Like he he basically had to go and rent a whole farm where he could keep all these shipping containers because people like take my shipping container away. <laughs> so uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's unbelievable. Opportunities are everywhere. Are absolutely. absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Yep. So uh, good good lessons to be learned. Oh and, and, and that's a funny one actually. Michelle brings this up. Uh um uh, and if any of you guys remember, um, Alison, you, you might have been on the bus tour with Sam, but um, Sam, my business partner, um, uh, does 
a spin on Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, Andy, and he does a uh, a property investment version of Rich Dad, Poor Dad where he calls it Rich Dog, Poor Dog, okay? And <laughs> if you want to <laughs> and if you want to go drive the suburbs and look for the rich dogs, that's where um, – that's where you should buy your real estate, not where the poor dogs are. And uh, I think, I think Michelle, there you go. Um, if you got the labradoodle with the with the perm, then um, might be uh, a pretty uh, salacious area for real estate. That's for sure. <laughs> Mate, so the other things you could uh, you could actually get out of the poodle business or the uh, what was it uh, the, the the doodle breeds. <laughs> the doodles, yeah. We've got to yeah. be careful that I've actually said the right thing there. <laughs> Uh, and you could get into the Dogecoin, mate. Uh, that that was the other thing that boomed and bust more recently. And we will yes. get into the crypto later on because we are we are having fun, and uh, and so is crypto. It's been having an interesting ride. But yep. let's have a look at some of the more uh, uh, more interesting news that uh, that is not being talked about enough, in my opinion. Uh, mapping uh, Keegan Palmer's journey from local bowl to Southern Gold Coast in the Tokyo Olympics. He's not affected by lockdown, Jason, because he came from the Gold Coast. That's how he got Ooh. in all of the training. <laughs> and uh, so two new sports in the Olympics being uh, the skateboarding and uh, bicycle uh, riding or BMX riding. And uh, so two of our Australian athletes won gold. So uh, he had a bowl or, or the whole Olympic setup built for him to practice uh, before the Olympics, and then went over there and took gold. Unbelievable! Uh, still getting ID so checked as he goes into the pubs. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Logan Martin wins the gold in the BMX freestyle. Can't believe this wasn't talked about more, uh, Jason, because Logan uh, basically has his own skate park or as his as his own um, facility in his backyard. There. But have a look at this on the left hand side. In the safety run, completed a switch. Triple tail, which Jason, I think I remember you performing once upon a time uh, in your BMX days, allegedly. Back back in my day, yep. (laughs) uh, But apparently now uh, Logan has actually claimed this is his own, is the only person in the world to have completed this trick. Only he can do it. Uh, Other than that, with the the old handlebar front... uh, uh, handleless handlebar front flip, which I know was a, a favourite of yours back in the day, Jace. And uh, so as in normal style in Australia, we love to support people who are out there winning. So when they came back, we, of course, sent them down into 28 days' worth of lockdown. Thank you for our Olympic team. Uh, you've all got to go into quarantine. But good news, Jason, uh, I hear that the Australian hockey team bought enough beer for everybody. <laughs> But uh, coming to the more financial side uh, of this and staying on the positive side, Lionel Messi uh, to be paid by uh, PSG partly. So did you hear about this, mate? So he cried. No, I didn't hear about this at all. So Barcelona, one of the the greatest uh, football teams in the world, and for those Australians out there who is pretty much our whole audience, that's soccer. Um, And when I say greatest, that's allegedly, you know, it's certainly been an incredible team, Barcelona, in in recent years and pretty much ever since uh, the league started, uh, cried as he left. So arguably the world's best football player. And and he, he left... He's gone to PSG and um, on top of a signing bonus of $40 million Australian, throw another pea in the soup, Jason, to hell with poverty on that one, uh, which uh, or or a salary of $55 million uh, Australian each season. Um, They've signed him and announced on Thursday uh, Messi's financial package would also include 
cryptocurrency tokens. Now, it was a few wine wisdoms ago that we, uh, a wealth wine and wisdoms ago, that we spoke about NFTs, which are non fungible tokens. And, and remember, Jason said, let's keep a good eye on this because this is something that is going to go absolutely out of control. Mm. And uh, I believe that this is the first sign of it. Uh, Tom Brady in the US just launched his. Uh, non-fungible tokens business. It's just a fun word or, or, or phrase to say, isn't it? Non-fungible tokens. Fungible. Sounds like so, fungi, like mushrooms or something. You know, like it. <laughs> and I heard one of the the the, the world experts on this uh, the, this morning in Bloomberg describe it as the difference between the the baseball cards that you get. And he's gone. Well, what is it about a baseball card that gives it value? And we're gonna. I'm got a little bit later on about uh, what you should know about cryptocurrencies and currencies in general. He said, what is it about the, the card that makes it so valuable? Is it the, the paper that it's on? And is it the plastic that's around it? Uh, well, arguably, we'd say no. It's the scarcity of that, that object or the scarcity of that. So he said, well, why would it be any different in the digital world? Mm. And uh, I've got a lot to talk about later if we get into things you should know about, about currency store of wealth and uh, and tradable and and how this is all going to start to play out because even though the old crypto world has taken a bit of a hammering of recent I think we are we're at the very beginning of seeing something quite remarkable in the world of trade uh, or maybe even we'll call it currency at the moment and when the world's arguably best soccer player Jace gets paid in crypto then I think that the signs of the world may start to change a little bit Mate, I reckon you're dead right, and like you and I said, I think we're. It's inevitable, anyway. It's it's uh, it's uh, well underway, and governments and institutions and big businesses are all um, at the table now, understanding, trying to make sense of it, and uh, the capitalization is in the trillions across trillions and trillions across the whole market of the whole world in this space. It's not. Not a drop in the ocean. It is absolutely a behemoth. Um, absolutely. And, yeah. And it's yeah, not the sleeping giant. It is the walking giant. Walking giant, and yes. <laughs> other things that you won't see in the news without uh, a negative connotation attached to it is that uh, we love the phrase record uh, highs, Jace. But, um, <laughs> it's been records it, after records after records. <laughs> it's records. It is absolute records. It's uh, So the S&P 500, which is the U.S., uh, top 500 companies, uh, hit uh, an all-time high, all-time, legitimately all-time high. Again, again, you can see it up the top left. You can see that's the five-year chart. I can promise you it wasn't greater than that uh, beyond five years. It just uh, it goes down and down and down to the left. 4,460, Jason, incredible. And it's not just the big tech that is showing that now. We're getting a lot of support from a lot of the value stocks and now people are trying to say, well, there's great That's value stocks. Huge, Andy. unbelievable. And so see that uh, see that dip in there, that tiny little blip. Yeah. Uh, that was the pandemic. Can you believe it? Not so long ago. And uh, then when we jump over to the right, which is the all ordinaries, uh, which I think is a bit of a shitty name uh, for the Australian stock market. Isn't it? Don't it you reckon? Needs to be something more inspirational, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> What's your stock market called? It's called the all ordinaries. 
What's we, so we should be called the extraordinaries. The right? extraordinaries. Are you extraordinaries? That's you're, what it should be called. The <laughs> all extraordinaries. Well, you are what you say you are, Jason. So uh, the all ordinaries, but uh, now coupled uh, by Jason and I, maybe the new index uh, that we will create together, the all extraordinaries <laughs> uh, is now 7,897. Right, and 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 looking looking to try and bust the uh, the eight thousand. Which, gosh, if it gets there, I tell you what, it's absolutely incredible. And uh, and on the back of that, painted in the news in in reasonably uh, poor fashion in much most of the circles. Uh, listen to the language: Commonwealth banks spurging profits lift in Australian share market to all high. That was the most positive take I could find on the Commonwealth banks uh, rapid success. <laughs> Uh, the Commonwealth Bank jumped 1.5% to $108 uh, it, around its highest levels ever after reporting an annual profit, profit of 19.7%, um, which is absolutely massive. Uh, CBA said its $8.8 billion profit from continued operations was driven by sustained economic recovery uh, from the coronavirus pandemic. Which is mate, it, it's quite incredible to to look at the world through the lens of the massive amounts of positivity that's actually out there when people are looking at their portfolios, their investment accounts, when people are looking at what our athletes are doing and then getting locked up as a result of it. Poor guys, but uh, you know that that's what happens when you come back prosperous from other places. We've got to cut you down a little bit as the tall poppies, uh, but hopefully they've got kegs in the camp. But mate, everything is going up. At the moment, it is up, up, and up, mm. and it is a joyous, joyous world if you look for the right headlines uh, around. And there is a lot to talk about other than uh, other than fear mongering out there. I think uh, it's an extraordinarily positive week in the markets, Jace. We're locked up down here, but it's beautiful outside now in Victoria. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, precipice of uh, of spring day here in Victoria, mate. What's in the news over there in the Sunshine State? The sunshine state. Well, it's always sunny here, but it just uh, got a bit cloudy. So, but there's uh, there's someone else on your bandwagon here, mate. They reckon it's been a beautiful day in Melbourne here. So we've got two uh, cl- corroborating. Is that is that the right word? Corroborating your story. Um, so corroborate, uh, <laughs> <laughs> mate. Uh, but absolutely, it's great to see, mate. But. Um, uh, you know, plenty uh, plenty going on over in my neck of the woods, but, um, you know, uh, like you, I was uh, quite interested to see what's going on with the uh, the CBA and uh, they're certainly a good day uh, in, uh, in the world of cash on hand and they're buying back. I was chatting with my crew this morning just saying, hey, hey, um, you know, the lenders, the banks, they are – what I would call reasonably smart cats, and um, they're not going to miss an opportunity to make a dollar. Uh, what we do know, Andy, you and I both know, we need our banking systems to be healthy for an economy to be healthy. And um, while you and I have been uh, reasonably critical of times of uh, some of their techniques and attitudes, um, it's good to see them profitable um, and just uh, make sure that they uh, they continue to operate and attract you know, a stability in our country. That's what we need for investment and all sorts of other things, AAA ratings and so on. Um, but uh, certainly uh, my commentary in and around the banks were, hey, you know, uh, when we could, 
you know, you and I talked about this. If there were some challenges in your world in the early days of the pandemic and the banks were allowing people to say, hey, listen, pause your mortgage for a bit, squirrel a bit of cash away, we don't know what's going to happen, um, don't feel bad about that because the banks won't lose on this one, team, and here, and I guarantee we could go back to that that bloody recording and we could say, hey, the banks are doing, uh, doing the right thing um, but don't you worry, they will benefit and have a look at this. And this is this is their this is their benefit date. Um, you know, uh, they they've uh, they've taken care of themselves. Well, for the first time, I think, um, to be honest, uh, taking care of the people that they should be taking care of um, uh, as well. So it's good to see plenty of money there. Uh, buybacks, dividends. It's always good in your neck of the woods, Andy, when dividends and buybacks happen for people and investors. Um, that's a nice day in the market, a nice reward for what's going on. So uh, I like that one. But uh, one of the ones that uh, I was going to bring up today is two, and it's a little bit of a twist, a little bit of a turn coming up in the marketplace, um, some global impacts happening in the world of real estate. And uh, I'm going to zoom in on this for everybody here. So uh, the build-to-rent players riding in on the perfect storm right now, build-to-rent, um, Australia can't, uh, you know, Melbourne and Sydney are one of the most expensive cities in the world, not not just Australia. Um, in On world standards, they're in the top 20 or something like that when it comes to the cost to live in those places from the cost of real estate and so on. Now, there's, I've said this before, Australian real estate is not going to get any cheaper unless we get another 20 million people in the country, Andy, and that's going to take a long time. We are the only nation in the world, the only nation in the world that we don't have a low-cost labour force attached to our country, and that's not New Zealand, by the way, um, And so you can't argue that one. Um, every other economy in the world has a neighbouring country where they have low cost base for construction and you know, uh, labour. Australia does not, okay? And so there's some benefits to that, but there's also some downside to that. So cost of property and building and 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 our, our world of those things are not going to get any cheaper. You make more money as a plumber than you do uh, as a dentist. Get that, right? Um, if you're a good plumber, you'll make more money than a good dentist um, uh, and, and so on. So one of the schemes that has been taking the world by storm, by the way, team, is the big the big businesses, the big players in the world are now getting into residential REITs, Andy. You and I have talked about this before. You know, it's been very attractive commercial and industrial REITs and so on because the yields have been so great, but because the world of residential real estate is quite attractive now in comparison to defensive assets like bonds and cash and other things, uh, these investment behemoths are getting into this sort of thing in a big way, build to rent. Um, The plan of just one of these build to rent businesses, Investor Property Group, partnered with Canada's Oxford Properties out out of the US, right? So these are billion-dollar funds. Their plan is to have $5 billion worth of apartments in Australia within the next five years, 5,000 properties across this, uh, across Sydney and Melbourne they're targeting, all right? And so they are going to absorb uh, this high-density apartment stuff in and around Sydney and Melbourne 
where we have chronic shortages already, all right? Uh, and flipping this as a good news story, team, all right, this is going to make supply even tighter and accelerate or even continue good quality properties, values, and also attractiveness to rent, right? So these guys are going to take out lots of supply in the marketplace, and it's already at record lows. Um, record. Uh, and- <laughs> record lows. Um, so that's an interesting one because, you know, this is one to watch. It's a silent um, achiever in Australia's marketplace right now. So this one um, is just an extension on what are the forces that are going to continue to push our property market along, and uh, that's certainly something that's uh, that's quite interesting. What do you got there, Andy? Well, Jace, you and I have spoken about this a number of times, and I, and I just want to dovetail this on the back. And we, we didn't collaborate on this, as most of you know. We 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 prepare heavily for this every single <laughs> Friday. Uh, spend the whole day preparing, uh, if the whole day is in minutes. But uh, we we've been talking about Japan for quite some time, and so the, the world needs stable returns. The world needs income. Yeah. And what's the big fear, Jace? What's the big the big F? Uh, and there is an F in it, uh, but what's the big fear when it comes in, to markets at the inflation. moment? Inflation. 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 Inflation, mate. Uh, so let's go back to the only country in the Western world, the only sort of more westernised country, uh, Japan, uh, that uh, has, has gone into low interest rate environments. And as you can see here, uh, zero and below interest rate environments. Now, Japan's got some incredible opportunities over that period of time, but Japan is not a, an unadvanced country. Economy. Yeah. It's a very, very advanced country and economy. Uh, but it has never been able to lift itself back from the Asian currency crisis that happened back in uh, 1993, I think it was when they coined it, and it's pretty much been down there for a long time. So. We always say, Jace, that history doesn't repeat itself, but it's an incredible mimic. Well, there's nothing to mimic about interest rates flying through the roof, and and any when and so when this comes to property and this comes to residential and this comes to the reason why you and I were talking about you know syndicating and and unitizing residential is yes. because bonds and government bonds are the, the stability of a nation paying a, a low interest rate based on the stability of the backing asset class. And if you then go, well, if we can't go government bonds, what's the next most stable? What's the next most stable? And we start to give a a return profile based on risk. Well, you've got to start to think, well, it just makes sense. Everybody needs a place to live. And if you can't afford the place, then it's likely that this will probably become a good asset class to get involved in. And um, and. You know, if we if we had a few hundred million dollars, Jay's probably uh, six months ago, we would have already started one of these up ourselves. I reckon you're going to see a lot more of this uh, right. coming through because let's. I'm not saying that interest rates won't go up. That's not what I'm saying because I don't have a crystal ball. But when you look at how difficult it is to raise interest rates, no well, one's that, done. Made, it. No, you took the words right out. Of, once you're on the gear, Andy, right? Once you're on the gear. Mate, once you're on the low interest rate, <laughs> there's no going back, mate. You know, like how do you get back of that? Like you're sitting there, politicians, um, you know, policymakers going, shit, we need to get interest rates up. 
you know what, if we put the interest rates up 3%, every single fucking homeowner is going to be in all fucking sorts, right? So, like, and this this is my call, and you and I have talked about it. I reckon we're down there, like, sub-5, sub-4% interest rates for the next fucking forever. That's that's my call. I, I think our politicians are too gutless to do anything of that are too edgy um, when it comes to that sort of stuff. So, you know, um, there you go. You know, they backed out of, you know, they backed out of chasing down negative gearing and capital gains, thankfully, um, but that's only a political stunt. They'll probably circle around on that one later. But, um, you know, there you go. So I think once you're on the gear economically, um, mate, yeah, and then, like you said, it's going to be those those returns, those net returns are going to be amazing. How does the how does the interest rate drop to, you know, or the cash rate drop to whatever it is and the banks make, you know, not record profits but amazing profits? It's because they know how to split the margin. Gang, it's not about what the interest rate is. It's about the margin you're making on the rate itself. Um, and uh, those big businesses, Andy, uh, Andy's been in those uh, circles for 20 years, you know, there's, uh, they know how to squeeze a margin, Andy, and uh, and they, they can get the access to the cash, right? And, yeah. And if you can control the cash and get it at a low rate, and if you've got a you good business model, and this yep. goes into the equity markets, if yep. you can borrow at one percent, well, a good business doesn't exist unless it can generate a gross profit of somewhere between thirty and sixty percent, and a yep. net profit of somewhere between twenty and thirty percent. Right, and this is a big generalisation, but it's taking in all sorts of things from manufacturing to tech companies. But ultimately, yep. you know, below the twenty percent net profit, well, so if you can take, if you can borrow at one, and you're producing the average, which is which is twenty, well, that's nineteen, nineteen times the return on the cash, and uh, and and this is why when governments try and lift it, then all of a sudden you pull handbrakes on economies because all of a sudden yeah. the banks go, well, you raise it to 2%, that's twice. You, you, you lifted our cost of funding by double. And they go, double. But yeah, but it was only 1%. But it's like, no, no, we've had enough of the crack, right? We're, we're addicted. <laughs> we're on the and gear. Now we're deploying at this level, but that level is based on how much we're paying for it. Yeah. And yeah. then the smallest adjustments, the lower you go, the smallest, the smaller the, adjust, the adjustments make bigger, bigger, bigger differences. Right. And uh, it's going to be difficult. Uh, and so it, it really is going to be interesting. Like my bet is that we will be in, in very low interest rate environments for quite some time. And it's, it's a hard one. I'm not going to say go out there and spend your house on it because, I mean, the Reserve Bank, Bank have done some pretty – unusual things in the past and so have our politicians <laughs> Gough Whitlam uh yeah, god bless him you know uh, have done some very very unique and interesting things in our time which have really disrupted everything but dead right one would yeah. look at it and one would go this type of investing chase is going to become mainstream I, I yeah. reckon I'll coin it every day of the week I reckon you will have retail investment property trusts as far as uh, based on residential yeah retail. residential retail yeah 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 yeah, yeah, and Nate Nate brings up a good point. It's kind of like yeah, the the cost of government debt goes up too. So you know they they're not going to be rushing out anytime soon to make them them look a lot worse either. <laughs> and Nate, they're not going to take a pay cut either. Like we, no. we've seen, <laughs> old Dan got another bloody raise in the middle of a pandemic. So they're, they're, they're not going to cut their wages. So no. uh, there you go. So I reckon we're going to be low. I think, like you said, we're going to have 
we're going to have these things be more. Um, and what does that mean for property investors, folks? So the reason I brought this up is because actually, guess what? Guess what? Guess yeah. what? The guess what? The Victorian government has done, Andy. Um, they're, they're they're so friendly. They're so nice. Victorian government has said any uh, any um, build to rent business can have a fifty percent land tax deduction for the next twenty years if they come to Melbourne. So they'll pay fifty percent less land tax than you and me, Andy. Right? Um, um, yeah, the Victorian government. It's in. Um, it's right there, black and white, um, and. Uh, the Victorian government's going for it. They want these projects in Victoria and they're going to halve the land tax <laughs> for them to be there. What's that going to do for Melbourne? It's going to take more stock out of the system, team. It's going to take thousands and thousands of pieces of real estate out of the system that you and me used to buy, Andy. We used to rent out, right? 100%. Um, 100%. Yeah, and, yeah. Jay, so it's on the positive side of the equation, because I'm not going to be negative today, I reckon on the positive side, you'll probably see uh, contributions to uh, political campaigns jump quite markedly <laughs> uh, in Victoria based on what you've just said there. So I reckon yeah, there'll yeah. be a big boost to the campaign spend. They'll probably start advertising more, the sneaky little fuckers. Go, go back. No, it's exactly. Well, you know, there you go. And I look, for me and for the clever investors who understand what's going on, Andy, we can't stop this stuff, right? And we can only manoeuvre and take, understand, hopefully, in, in the right way, how we can take advantage of this because that's all we can do. It, it The political decisions are, quite frankly, probably, to be honest, Andy, our biggest risk as investors. Like what would you say? Would there be any bigger risks? It's it's mostly political. Political risk. Yep. It's the highest risk. It's yep. superannuation, the full box and dice. Uh, yep. and, and it's ironic, Jace, because they're the ones who set the rules. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like, and, and they say, well, you shouldn't be looking at it from political risk. It's like, well, stop changing the fucking laws and we'll stop <laughs> saying there's so much political risk. Yeah, just leave it alone for a bit so we can get ourselves a bit of momentum. <laughs> well, um, Here's another risk thing, Andy, that I wouldn't mind talking through with everyone, um, and uh, uh, it's it's uh, it's one to think about, team. Um, looking at this map here, and, and I don't know if you guys have been paying any attention to this, but put it in the chat for me, everyone. Uh, in Australia, Andy, uh, there's a question for you. Everyone answer this question. Oh, I love uh, these questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not I reckon I'm 80% at the moment. So <laughs> You're an 80%. You know, what, what's, what's the most valuable real estate in Australia? Everyone says if you can buy, buy the, you'll, you'll never, it'll never be a problem. Buy one with a view, it'll never be a problem. It's, and it's, property. it's the beachfront, right? It's, Austra it's Australia's court catch cry. You buy anywhere beach in Australia. It's more valuable than, than not, all right? Um, and team, everyone's – and I've, I've heard this and I, I've i done it. I've done migration of my money. I had a property in oh, – this was bloody, I don't know, 15 years ago, property in Kalgoorlie. I, I crushed it. I bought it for 98000 I sold it for 390000 I then took my money and I bought a waterfront apartment, um, and, you know, absolutely cracking. Everyone's done it. Move your money close to the beach or the waterfront. You'll be happy. Well, guess what, team? <clears throat> uh, guess what? Two things happening right now, Andy, um, that that are going to um, that are going to affect us in about fifteen or twenty years' time, maybe even sooner, depending on what's going on. Uh, I don't know if you guys were paying attention to the announcement about you know 
um, the the weather the weather issues, the global warming issues, some of those things they're for real, you know. Um, and uh, they're they're showing up economically now, Andy. They're showing up. Australia is going to be affected fairly significantly based on all the research if we don't get our shit together on this. And when it comes to real estate, team, um, here's what's happening. It's already in scenarios at Lloyds of London. Go and check this out. Lloyds of London has identified over 200,000 oceanfront pieces of real estate in Australia. They will not and I'm going to say this nice and loud, they will not, good on you, Aaron, you're on it, mate, they will not um, insure. You tell me how much those properties are going to be worth, Andy, when you cannot, for the life of you, get insurance for those multi-million dollar properties on beachfronts in Australia that by and large, uh, it's it's like it's almost inevitable and I hate the, the, the negative version of this, but I think we can do it if we all pull together, that will... Uh, suffer from severe weather events, all right? So, team, these are the things that we need to know. Into the future on property, the old adage, get a beachfront bit of real estate and you'll live the dream, it'll all be good. Right now, that is not as solid as it used to be. Um, And so this is an interesting one. And also, Andy, um, you could probably shed some light on this. The government was talking about Australia having difficulty securing funding because of how badly we were going to be affected in this report um, when it comes to um, this stuff as well. So, you know, a few things to consider in this sort of space. Mate, on a positive note, they could all be full of shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my positive note uh, on the, the, the hypothesis, but uh, look, there's definitely chat about uh, this going on, I'd, I'd urge a lot of people to go and read um, Freakonomics, Super Freakonomics, and uh, and have a look at some of the data that comes from there. Uh, that these is sort of rogue uh, economists, behavioural economists. There's also uh, a yep. um, I think I've got oh, it I've in my his name. He was a Russian uh, meteorologist who used to talk about uh, 50, 60 year cycles. Uh, because what I know, that's it. That's it. Lovely gang from Freakonomics. What do sumo wrestlers and gamblers have in common? Uh, is uh, is one of my favourites in there. I think I've completely butchered the the saying. I've, I've crushed it like like Margot does a, a colloquial saying. Um, you know, the early bird gets up early, or whatever she would say. Um, there's there's different there's there's different schools of thought on this as to the compounding effects, and sometimes we can have. Uh, effects come together at the same time, which magnify. And some of the thoughts behind this, and, and this is all study, and I'm by far and away not an expert on this sort of stuff. Uh, I do like to read about it because I find it interesting. But uh, effectively, so there's so a hypothesis from, uh, and he was a, um, I can't remember his name, maybe it'll come to me by the end of the episode, but it's a long time ago, a, uh, a, a Russian a meteorologist who basically said that the global warming actually happens in 40 to 50 year cycles based on the gravitational pull of the world based on black holes and other stars and stuff that exist in the galaxy, which means that every 40 years we get closer or further away from the sun and that has an, a, an impact on, on the global warming. But it wasn't to say that global warming isn't happening. It's saying that within these 40 to 50 year cycles that if we don't treat the world right, we're going to get really big warning signs 
extremes. Every 50 years. Yeah. Now, this yeah. is all hy- hypothetical and, uh, and, and still non-proven types of theory. But one that we should be taking good good notice of and uh that mate, that was my best attempt to try and turn it into a positive to be fair i'm really struggling here because you've just you've just flooded the whole fucking coastline of australia um, no, but uh, here it is there's there's going to be new beachfront property available very very soon jason is that, that's what we're saying the old beachfront isn't the new beachfront the new beachfront's a few suburbs in well andy Part of what I wanted to, uh, and 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 potentially we can turn this into uh, a, a bit of a fun chat, like you know uh, things you should know. And uh, I was thinking about it today, folks. Um, is that uh, buy thirty k from the beach? Nate said, "Well, you know, buy up on a hill, and uh, there, there you go, <laughs> a room with a view, uh, but just make it an elevated one." Yeah, top yes, story. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, you know what? I think's important for us as investors or, you know, any sort of rational person is to think about how we think, Andy. And you, you talked about it earlier today, you know, the media, how, you know, if, if you do get a bit connected or, or obsessed with watching the news, it can fuck with your head. Um, and we all know this, right? So yeah. you've got to manage that and yeah. turn it off and, 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 get, and consume good stuff. And But one of the things, Andy, uh, I was thinking about today that you and I might might have a bit of fun with is like, all right, let's say, for example, uh, in my world, uh, negative gearing, okay? So they've removed uh, negative gearing in New Zealand, okay? Um, and that becomes by, by some, removed. By removed, you mean remove the tax deduction or? Yeah, they've moved the tax deduction, you know. And, and folks, I don't know if anyone, everyone knows this, um, the government removed over 70% of negative gearing uh, for property investors uh, on secondhand property, even even only five minutes own, old, Andy, um, uh, in 2017, team. You know, it, an, a secondhand property now, you get 70% less depreciation slash negative gearing effect by buying a secondhand property. Um, but one of the things I thought would be interesting is um, this concept I've coined um, according to who, compared to what, <laughs> uh, compared to what, and and so what, Andy, right? So let's play a little game here. And so we go, all right, uh, hey, Jason, hey, Andy, can, did can, you know can, that? Can we, can, we just, can we hear that one again, mate? What's what's the phrase? Say, say it twice. And- so it's according to who, compared to what, and then so what. As so in, just say, say that one more time because I just want to. Uh, I, I want to uh, <laughs> translate this for the audience. So, according to who? According to who? Shit. Yep, yep, you're full yep. of shit. Yep. Okay. Yep, according to who? Yep. Um, compared to what? Give me the facts. Yep. Exactly. And so what? Nobody cares what you think. <laughs> I like it. Well, and and this is the idea, right? So let's say because. What we once we get past some nuts and bolts, Andy, understanding numbers and investing, and a little bit like you know, it takes a little bit of uh, uphill learning, uh, a new skill set. But once you get a certain couple of couple of things dialed, it's an internal game, right? It's an internal game. We know this. Whatever you do, if you're in business, whether you're investing, whatever it is, it's an internal game. So then we got to say, all right, well, how do we make? How do we think better? All right, and then you hear something, right? Somebody says, oh, they're removing negative gearing. 
And it's like, well, according to who? Okay. So according to, well, where did you get the information from? All right. Okay. So then you go, well, um, okay, even if they do, which might be the government, um, that might have an effect, but compared to what? Compared to what? Is it is it actually only isolating real estate or is that a is that negative gearing across everything? Because it is. It, they don't just take negative gearing away from real estate. They take it away from every asset class. Um, so then you go, well, then so what? Who cares? It doesn't matter, right? So negative gearing has nothing to do with real estate. Negative gearing is a tax process of adjusting your your personal tax income against losses that you make in the pursuit of investments. And pursuit of investments can, Andy, you know a lot more about this than me when it comes to the world of what constitutes an investment. It can be fucking ostrich eggs. It can be it can be a car, it can be wine, it can be real estate, it can be shares. Right. And if you invest in your personal name, then you have the ability to offset any of the costs of that investing against your personal income, and that's called negative gearing, right? Um, so what what I find really useful in thinking is going, who said that, you know, according to who? All right, find the source of the information. If someone can't give you a source that's actually got a brain and got uh, a reputation of actually capable of giving a comment um, in this space, then ignore it. Then you go, well, compared to what? Even if they do remove negative gearing, um, then is that going to uh, disturb long-term my investment? No, it doesn't really matter. Then so what? And I I think that's a really good concept in this space, Andy. It's kind of like, you know, there's a lot of potential negative news going around and then we should have a little, little concept, a little sort of mental process of just checking in that we don't get caught up in it, you know, um, as we as we go. This is why Yogi has some of my favourite sayings: "Is uh, the future isn't what it used to be," <laughs> and it and it comes from exactly that. You know, we have a preconceived idea of what the the next period of time is like, but the the only irrational thought is the thought that that's a rational thought, mm. because it is never ever the same as what you believe it to be. Have let's let's break this down a little bit, Jace. Let's break this down. You had kids, right? You, you've got them. You've got them. Got when three the- of them. Got three of them. Anyone want like a, like I could do with like one or two less? Anyone want less? <laughs> so, so, so was there a degree of utopian kind of vision as you went into that? It's like I'm gonna you know crush this like nobody else has ever crushed fatherhood before in the world. I know that everybody else says it's difficult, but but I'm different. Uh, yeah, well. It- were you were you looking over my shoulder? Were you like <laughs> <laughs> the future isn't what it used to be, was it, Jason? It's uh, it certainly changed. And um, and here here is the same thought: is that the, the thought that the world will remain consistent mm. is actually a, an irrational thought. Uh, so the thought pattern is, uh, and this is why we say the world is an incredible mimic, or history doesn't repeat itself; it's an incredible mimic, is because. The, the true thought is going, well, how is it going to be different this time around? Yeah. And if we start to apply that different thought pattern, and, and quite often in policy, that this isn't thought about enough. Policy quite often, especially in Australia, we're, we, we are one of the worst in the world, but in a positive fashion, we're probably the best in the world at irrational thought in politics. Uh, so we're <laughs> leading the world in some aspect. And 
so when it's reactionary, you create laws in order to stop something. But the reality of, 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 of finance, the reality of uh, economics is that we are an ecosystem in that if, if something, if the crown of thorns comes into the Great Barrier Reef and it will destroy some parts of the, the sea life, but it will bring other parts, there will be natural balance that will start to come. And the question starts to become is that, well, given the changes that are coming, you know, what is the, the new evolution of the world and what is it going to look like as we move forward? So yeah. who is this peanut that said whatever they said, who had uh, a, a misguided belief that this time they are right and they will always be right? And the reason why they're right is because it's a belief that they had based on a fixed construct of how things used to be. Used to and, be. And what we all know is it's going to be different, uh, but not necessarily wildly different, but with negative gearing, one of the the thoughts, because you know what you and I do, Jason, back when they first started uh, talking about removing negative gearing and we thought about repealing capital gains tax, we were looking at all the advantages of that. We're going, oh, this is incredible. The velocity, the construction that'll take place, the old houses, they will be shaking in their boots because construction will go wild. And what is the, yep. what is the end result of that? It was the, the exact opposite of what they were trying to create. They were trying to curb housing prices by this type of theory. But that theory had, did nothing but smash down old buildings, build new ones, and launch the property prices through the roof, which was counterintuitive thought. Mate, it, it is dead right. What are they? And I don't know if it's Einstein or whoever. Nothing is neither created nor destroyed. It just changes form, oh. right? Yep. So they close one kind of idea and then then the energy transforms and appears somewhere else. And it's the same laws that in nature appear in the financial system. A lot of people don't realize that. And that's where you and I, you and I, Andy, have talked about this um, when, when there is uh, – uh, the zombie businesses, when there is, you know, when there is um, things that happen with government inter intervention that don't allow the natural course of um, economics and and free market will to to take its course, um, then that makes dysfunctions in the economic system. You know, I think COVID was a, an extreme example when we just had to go right. Let's just take care of everyone. But as this flows out now, and and the whole economy needs to kind of get itself back into its its you know stand on its own two feet that's where we'll see a little bit of the shakeout that's where we'll see opportunities andy popping out and new amazing industries and businesses just coming from nowhere and people would say things like oh i never would have thought of that but you know what lots of people did andy like something that that shrank gave room and way to something that could grow and, and turn into probably billion and trillion dollar businesses that will that will be um, that will have been um, created in these times yeah you know trillion dollar businesses hey the puppies <laughs> trillion, trillion dollar businesses reacted <laughs> there you go who would have thunk it That's who right. would have thunk it the yeah. pandemic created billion dollar puppies uh, oh, but I've got, look, I've got I'm, this bloody I'm, messenger thing going on, and it's annoying the crap out of me. You keep talking, I, and I'm going to try and turn this messenger thing off. <laughs> I, I can hear it going in the background, but I've got a question I'm going to throw over. Throw over to you, Jace, because you, you've you've thrown a few curveballs at me today. So I'm going to throw <laughs> one to you, and I'm going to throw one to all of the viewers out there as well. Uh, who made more donations uh, to charity in the last week? Uh, than any other individual on the on the planet. 
Um, and uh, and can you guess the number? Ooh. And can you guess the person? So here's. A good I was going to say. I was going to say. I was going to say um, Bill Gates or uh, Warren Buffett uh, would be my two guesses, um, but only because they're fairly famous for doing some stuff at the moment. Uh, billions, a couple of billion, eight billion, ten billion. They're, they're my right. guesses. <laughs> they're, they're, no, wrong. Uh, so uh, <laughs> anybody else out there? Gates is X. Gates. <laughs> There's a bit of. <laughs> what do you reckon that uh, Gates's ex actually gave him too much? Gave it away as <laughs> a charity. Who's making the most out of the vaccines? We've got we've got some pretty uh, Elon Musk. We've got some pretty uh, pretty cynical people out there, mate. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking Viv is uh, Gates's ex-wife uh, as well. And uh, who's uh, let, let's see if somebody's actually going to coin this one. And I got to grab it because I wasn't going to talk about it, but I, I was listening to it. And, uh, so this this is uh, Gina Reinhart. I don't think so. Uh, Bezos, oh gosh, Bezos, we've, Bezos X. So there, you got it. And we we don't know who you are on that one because you're coming through one of the thre- threads. But we'd love to know who you are because uh, we'll send you out a little bit of a, uh, a thanks, whoever that whoever guessed Bezos. Just whack your name okay. in the chat. Right? Melinda so Bezos, supposedly. Oh, that's Melinda Gates. I think Amazon's X. Uh, there you go. It was uh, Mackenzie, Mackenzie Scott, ex-wife of Amazon uh, Jeff Bezos. Announces billions in charity donations, and look, I, I'm going to completely and utterly butcher these numbers, but uh, she literally is somewhere in the, the the vicinity of two point something billion dollars just gave it out without allegedly without any major philanthropic uh, 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 strategy or uh, or board of advice uh, that came. It literally just went bang out there, and so that they the first article I read about this was. Was how the the lack of consideration, the lack of boards, the lack of due process and thoughts. Uh, yeah, can you believe it, Jace? Can you believe it? I, I think, and so this this is and it was beautifully recoined by somebody, and I can't quote who it was because I was I was running and I was watching it on uh, on on whatever channel I was watching it at the time, and and they just went, these reporters are just narcissists. <laughs> These reporters are narcissists. Let's let's break this down. She inherited, and I'm going to butcher the numbers, but they're going to be broadly right. She uh, she she got divorced. She got uh, thirty uh, thirty two billion dollars. Oh, she did she did nothing while setting up a charity, trying to figure out how she was going to deploy it, and that went up to almost sixty billion based on the share price of Amazon. She's given two billion away. Stop being parasites and just applaud the fact that this woman has actually given more money away than almost anybody in a single whack, uh, just just like that. I just have like too that. much, and she's vowed to give it all away, Jace. Vowed to give it all away. I don't there know what go. all of it means, but a majority, I think, was mandated. To, yeah, or she created the mandate of her uh, organization that said, oh, I'm going to give a majority of my wealth away. So a majority would be at least 51%. And at the moment, that is uh, 30 odd billion dollars that's going to be given away. And there's somebody out there who wants to make a bit of a dick of her. Uh, but I, I think that um, there's only one dick uh, that, that is <laughs> clearly the person making these wild yeah. comments. Hey, wild comment, yeah. Well, mate, and, you know, at the end of the day, you think about it, right? You know, uh, if, if you've got a nice home, and you got a few things, then what what does it cost to uh, 
uh, eat and have a bit of fun. You know, call it two to five million dollars a year if you really want to live live at large. You know, um, yeah, why not? Why not? At the end of the day, um, that's great. I think that's fantastic. What you and I both know, Andy, is that money's job is to keep moving because when money stagnates, it becomes it becomes rotten. It becomes oh. rotten. Um, and it needs to move and it needs to do things. It needs to add value. It needs to create businesses. It needs to it, – that's, that's what it's meant to do. When we stagnate money and wealth, it goes rotten. It becomes not great. So there you go. And it's a redeployment because I, I think it, like my take on this, and I don't know her from a bar of soap, obviously, but uh, but I, I think, Jeff, you might be able to take her out for dinner. We'll, we'll see whether we can reach out through our channels that have no contact with her whatsoever. Right into her DMs, Jeff. I've heard that's the way you do it. By <laughs> direct message. <laughs> uh, Jeff's gone. I'd take her out for dinner. And Jeff, uh, if we could make it happen, mate, we uh, we absolutely would. Uh, hope, hopefully this isn't watching. But if you don't have a dream like um, – Musk and some of the names that were brought up, Musk, Branson. Uh, so uh, Elon Musk wants to to bring a satellite network in order to enhance the the, the total uh, connectivity of the world. He's got quite incredible visions. That costs a lot of money and that will cost billions to do. Branson uh, wants to commercialise space travel and that will take billions and this will have an incredible effect on the, the world, uh, hopefully a positive one. I reckon it probably will be a positive one. Bezos, not quite sure. His rocket was shaped like a great, great giant um, Johnson. My, my uh, 11-year-old, my 11-year-old's like, Dad, that looks like a big penis. And I'm like, yes, it does, mate. <laughs> well, I don't know about big, son, but it certainly does resemble something like that. But, uh, but they're moving the money around the system. And if yeah. you don't have a vision like that, Jace, you're dead, right? Like what's the point of storing you know, $30 billion somewhere just so you can look at another zero in the bank account when the likelihood is, you know, you know, a couple of billion dollars would probably see them more than what they could spend in a lifestyle that they would want to over that period of time. And the realisation yeah. of that in order to deploy that money back into the system, I think, is, is to be celebrated, not discriminated against, not... I can't even figure out how people start to go, start to talk about this in a bad way. It's like... The benefit is that money is back circulating through the economy and what better way of getting it circulated through the economy than putting it into the place where it will get injected straight back in. You put it into charity, it'll be deployed for the resources of charity that goes into food or building or society. The building then goes to the labourers that put the building together, into the bricks, into the mortar, into the factories, and the money starts circulating back into our pockets rather than being stored. And uh, right. yeah. I cannot think of a better thing to be doing uh, it would be di difficult because imagine doing that, Chase. Uh, how much money are you going to give away? Uh, well, I just made thirty billion. How much is that? No idea. No <laughs> idea. I've got a million dollars sitting on the table, and I'm pretty sure if we filled every room in the house with hundred dollar bills, uh, we still wouldn't get there. So let's just put it this way: I gave away the garage. Yeah, there, and and a billion. I and I saw a billion trillion. I I saw some. Um, and maybe Andy, you could have a quick search online for uh, like the context of a, a million, a billion and a trillion, I think it was. And 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 the context visually is just insane. We've got a few questions just quickly. I'll I'll quickly mention. Adrian um, said he's refinancing three investment loans. 
Um, hopefully you're still listening. Adrian, um, three financing, three investment loans, two tier three institute. What's the cons? Uh, Adrian, maybe you can tell us in the chat what institute you're refinancing, refinancing with. But, you know, if that's like a Liberty or Latrobe or, you know, one of those type of lenders, um, you know, Resimac, FirstMac, um, they're all quite um, – uh, they're all quite safe banking institutions if that's if they are the registered mortgage holding institutions, warehousing mortgages, mate, that they they're perfectly fine and safe when it comes to the world of lending. One of the downsides of them, uh, Adrian, uh, has been that the products and their technology is not that flexible. So mate, you know, you don't get, you know, a really good online interfaces for your balances you don't get um uh, lots of people answer your calls you got to sit in a um a phone call line for 3 hours to get your phone call answered if you've got a question you know um they're kind of like the no frills brand of lending often those ones you know you get it cheap and cheerful or you get it easy because sometimes you don't get cheap and cheerful in third tier lending but it's easy if you if you're a, if you're a bit of a difficult case, kind of like me and Andy. To be honest, we're both difficult quite cases to lend money to. Um, but uh, mate, the the cons of them uh, can be that they're difficult to to uh, get access to to ask questions and also uh, shift your money around. No, like net banking, you don't get a get a credit card or a debit card for offset accounts, um, et cetera, et cetera. So that so that's the cons. But there's no safety issues, mate, um, and, unless you sort of put something in a name in there that I'm like, whoa, I've never heard of them. Mate, that sounds like a bunch of bikies. Then um, you, you're going to be perfectly fine. Um, so hopefully that answers your question, mate, and um, uh, away you go. Candice asked, can I do a wealth coffee chat on the pros and cons and negative gearing? Answer is yes, Candice. I'll do that um, next week, Monday or Tuesday. I'll get on to that. We'll dive into it, so um, that'll be for all the positive crew. So make sure you you jump on that one, which is uh, which is kind of cool. So that was a couple of questions there, Andy. But I don't. Did you find one of those? Here we go. Let's have a look at that. Um, let's have a look at the the, the context of that. So, mate, uh, we've got ten thousand. Uh, yeah, this is, this is in hundies, mate. It's hundred bills. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's in hundies, mate. You should see it when it's in ones. Oh, let me oh. see if I can get you the one that's, uh, that's in ones. But, uh, there you go. Uh, so we've got the, the hundred, we've got the million, and a million doesn't actually look that much. Uh, really, no, you could you, you can carry a million around in, a, in your arms. You could carry, yeah, but like in the Wolf of Wall Street, uh, you, you know, when you strap a few million dollars to you, you start to look a little bit more like the steak <laughs> puff marshmallow man. Um, <laughs> and I'm just going to drag and drop something across here whether I can actually get this up. But then a billion dollars is down the bottom. So as I said, uh, she's given away a garage, right? She's there given away go. a couple of uh, – but if you were to stack that up in ones, mate, uh, let's see whether this is transposed across. There we go. Yeah. Um, this is what you're looking like, mate. And, and you can see <laughs> us just, just sitting here. So this is the, the billion in ones uh, sitting in there. So, mate, there's uh, – a fair bit that's flowing back around. There's a few wallets in that, I would say. I reckon, mate. I reckon. No, well, good on her. I'm glad uh, that she's keeping the money moving. And like you and I both know, that's great for economies. It's great for jobs. It's great for people. And to be honest, it's great for inspiration. Like, you know, these 
these people who, you know, Elon's and the Jeff Bezos's and the Branson's, they do edgy stuff out there on the fringes where, you know, people who don't have the resources but they've got the brains can come and, and do amazing stuff. I, I believe that's where the world, you know, things like our global, our global climate challenges will be saved by people like that with money um, and attract great people with great brains. So probably a good way to sort of uh, wind up the night, mate, and say uh, good job, good job, mate. Um, it, was, uh, it was a good positive wealth, wine and wisdom led with the puppy story and uh, Alison's got a new side hustle um, and uh, with with uh, the puppy the, the puppy sales. <laughs> uh, mate, it's all happening. The puppy so, mate, pandemic. You heard that's it, it the puppy first. pandemic. yeah yeah, exactly so folks great to have all of you guys uh on and uh hanging out on a friday night uh i've got pizza waiting down the house for me um so it's pizza night in in my house and uh looking forward to that with the kids so mate um good to see you brother as always and fantastic to have all of you guys on tonight thanks for hanging out and uh being great sports and uh giving us shout outs and you guys have an awesome Rest of your weekend, my wine's done and dusted. Yep. Still got a little bit in the glass, but for uh, I'll ring that out for this and week. I'll, sl- <laughs> Sorry? I'll, I'll, I'll slowly drink this over the next week, Andy. That'll horrify yeah, Andy as it does. <laughs> Can't be done. D, please get him another bottle and uh, and get somebody to drink the rest. But uh, that's it <laughs> for this weekend. I reckon that's a wrap. So, uh, mate, it's uh, it's good night from me, and it's good night from him. Good night. Good night.